and welcome to the Fizzle Show! What is up, everybody? I literally scream. I literally scream when I do that, and my baby's sleeping like three rooms down, and now I'm feeling a little self-conscious. Hey guys, this is Chase Reeves, and you're listening to The Fizzle Show. On the line with me is Steph Crowder and Corbett Barr, and every week we talk about things that are interesting, important, uh, motivating, inspiring, but also like maybe some of that like tough love or the 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 like the <laughs> bit of motivation and actual like I don't know honesty that you need to get into what you know you need to be working on, what you know you need to be doing, right? I think a lot of people listen to this show because they want to do their business, they want to do an idea, they have a dream for a creative thing, and it just feels good to sit in the room, so to speak, with other entrepreneurs thinking about stuff. That's one big reason. Other big reason is that sometimes you're going to get a very specific piece of information about how to do something. This episode is like that, where we're going to teach you or talk about how to do something very specific in your business that you've got to have. You've got to have this thing locked in on your businesses because it's a part of the natural way that people get to know you. And you know that that old framework like know, like, and trust? Like you need them to know you, you need them to like you, and then you need them to trust you, right? Which means, by the way, not to be a con artist. It means you got to be trustworthy. <laughs> you got to actually be worthy of trust, right? And then you need to signal that and you need to be able to do it in a way that people can pick up on that. And that's where you find successful businesses growing. That's where you find successful small businesses growing, which if the only way we're going to defeat ISIS is if we get these small businesses going. Corbett, you know what I'm talking about? We got to get, yeah. the, get these small businesses going because otherwise I- ISIS wins. Okay, I thought that's what you said. You, you, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I track that logic. Exactly. So if you're into the fizzle show, you're into defeating ISIS. All right? Any of you ISIS supporters out there, you're about terror, please unsubscribe that, right now. That escalated really quickly. <laughs> yeah. just didn't, I just didn't see it coming. <laughs> I did have this moment listening to this, to this Jocko Willink podcast on Joe Rogan where, where like he's just talking about, I don't know. I just, I learned a whole new level of what it's like to be a warrior on the ground. And I, and I, and I, I mean, I have my, my life is, is stressful and, and, uh, uh, in all sorts of ways. There's a lot of meaningful work going on. And there's a lot of like real, like important projects that actually aren't easy and stuff like that. Like I know what it's like to do that, but these guys are taking it. A, they're facing things at a whole other level. And that's not to sanctify oh, yeah. the, you know, the military complex of the American uh, project, but like, but hearing, hearing real boots on the ground, like real lieutenant type of people who are like with their guys and like, they're like the whole thing is we keep each other safe. We survive this and we keep each other safe and we do what the mission needs us to do because it matters. Do you know what I mean? I was just listening to this guy, just getting this, just catching his frequency and just going like, oh my God, this guy is so deep. It's intense. Anyways, that's why uh, I finally realized, you know, we got, we got a bad guy, I guess. We got to do our part. You know, it's like, we got to do our part. We got to do our part to defeat the bad guy, you know, and the bad guy is ISIS, I guess for right now. Um, and, and, and not just ISIS, but whatever the, 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 the thing that underlies all of that, the fear of the fear of the other. So today we're going to learn something very, very, very specific that gets us into an actual relationship with people through the internet. Now, now I'm working right now in Santa Rosa, California, 
uh, doing some training and coaching and with this organization. And I'm kind of like helping them with marketing stuff and, and, and in exchange for like learning about the coaching stuff in some ways. Uh, and <laughs> what's interesting about it is I'm realizing this guy who's basically had a coaching style business, like Tony, imagine Tony Robbins, like he does exactly the same kind of work as Tony Robbins. He just thinks Tony Robbins is a tool. And he's like, Tony's a, Tony's good at what he does. Don't get me wrong. Like, and there's real stuff that's happening, but he, he does it for the cameras. You know, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's, that's what's going on there in a lot of ways. And I don't do that. I, I don't, I don't do it like that. I, it's in the room. It's with the people. I have to make sure I can get all of us from one place to the next place. And you have to, you have to face a lot of crap to do it. And so his whole world has been based around, um, seriously, the most hardcore customer interactions, uh, like to put it one way. Uh, cause people are paying like several thousand dollars oftentimes to get in the room with him and maybe anywhere from six to like 30 other people and, and go through what is effectively like the most intense, like hard thing for them to go through. Right. And he brings it out of them. And, and so, you know, in a large way, this is a customer and this is a customer conversation and this is like the product and this is, this is the work. So because of everything that he's been doing, he's been so focused on the individual he really hasn't figured out how to do broadcast a, ma- a a big signal to get a lot of people to know about what he's doing, right? Because mm-hmm. he's been so focused on the one-on-one. And then I see on the other hand, most of the entrepreneurs I've been working with on the internet are focusing on exactly the opposite side of things to a fault, just on sending out this big signal to the internet and doing all the big marketing stuff and trying to get like the coffers full, getting like, like selling an ebook or doing something where you don't touch literally anyone ever except it's all the bits and the bites. It's all the, the content that does all the touching. Do you know what I mean? And they could learn a lot by thinking about the individual, just like this other guy could learn a lot by thinking about what I call like more the swarm or like how to do things digitally, for lack of a better term. And what we're talking about today is one of these techniques that I think is like, it just is like, what I love so much about this technique is it is about connecting that like individuality, like respecting the individual like the individual nature of every person that comes to your website. You know, we get caught up going, looking at the stats and the analytics and stuff like that. And we see like, Oh, this many people came to my site or this many people follow me. And they're just numbers. They're just numbers. But in order for your business to be successful, you have to get into someone's like mind into their heart. You have to convince them. You have to convince them in some way. And we don't have to, you don't have to get deep, 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 deep down for most of our products. I mean, have you ever seen that product, uh, Corbett for guys? That's like the, uh, the like the the wet wipes for for dudes. <laughs> Can I just what was that thing Doesn't we it? used to do? What was the thing we used to do like a hundred like three hundred episodes ago? I don't know. In like in the early nineteen nineties when we were doing this podcast, um, <laughs> where we used to we used to go silent <laughs> just to block. screw with the person. A pause block. Oh my god. <laughs> A pause that just came, that that just came to me naturally because no, I have not heard of your friggin' wet wipes for guys. I'm so uncomfortable, dude. At, at, at that, no, there's full on companies that make wet wipes for dudes because it's like you know what, toilet paper is just not that great. Toilet paper is just like we could do better. We could do better. Why right? does that and, have to be for I'm dudes? Thinking, Why is it dude specific? <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't answer that. Well, <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> well said. Well said. See? See? 
It's good. Okay. So, uh, anyways, the point being, you can have a, you can have a product on any number of levels that are, that are like, uh, that are, you don't have to get, you don't have to get heavy. You don't have to get so in depth. You do have to have a connection. You absolutely have to have a connection with every consumer if you want them to buy your stuff. If you're a small business, if you've got money in the, in the bank and you're just like, I can spend thousands of dollars a day on Facebook ads and it doesn't even have to be profitable yet. I just need to get the awareness out and get the word out. Then you can sell whatever you want. You know, that's just a different game. That's just a different game. I think a lot of us listening to this show here know that we need to be, we need to be not shooting blanks. We have to be, we're not firing blanks. We need to be firing like real, like we have to have actual firepower in the products that we're, we're giving. Cause that's the only longevity of our business. It's like, it actually has to work. It actually has to do something that people are like, that was worth it. Right? So, Let's connect the dots down and get into our conversation today. Um, we're going to be talking about a very specific, like uh, a specific technique that I think is essential for how you interact with people coming from the internet where they're just a number to you, right? Because it's impossible. You can't, you don't get like, you can't close your eyes and, and you know, you can, maybe you could do this. You just do some LSD and close your eyes and you can just feel the people landing on your website and reach out to them psychically. Maybe I wouldn't put my, I would not put my eggs in that basket if I were you. Instead, we need to have real methods of connection with people. And today we're going to talk about one of those methods that I think is so important because it, it sits right on the level of where they're just starting to actually get interested in you. Just starting to actually spend the tiniest bit of effort in saying like, okay, I'm curious, tell me more, right? So that, mo- that moment really matters a lot. But first of all, let's say hi to our lovely co-hosts today. Hi, Steph, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. Hey, can I also just add real quick? I think the point that you just made is is so huge for this conversation. We didn't even really talk about this be- when we were brainstorming before we started recording, but I just want to like underscore it because I really think that if more people focused on that nugget out of out of what you just said, which is first of all, it's a really hard thing to do, but it's incredibly important is to think about individualizing how you speak to a group, right? Like when you have just a couple of people, it's a lot easier, of course, to just talk to them as the people that they are because you know them and that's great. But as things start to build and get bigger and you have a bigger audience, I have found personally, it becomes harder and harder to preserve that friendly voice, that casual voice, that sort of voice of who you are. And I feel like a lot of the um, aspiring entrepreneurs that I talk to and work with really struggle to come through like the way they are, like offline. I talk to a lot of people about this. They're like, man, I shake hands with people and I'm told that I'm like this and then I get online and it's really stiff and it doesn't feel like me. So if any of you listening mm. to this have felt that way before where you really want yeah. to feel as like, this, it, it is an art form, I think. And I love studying it when you find someone who has figured out how to speak to a group yet make it feel somewhat personal and conversational and intimate. I mean, man, that's for me, like that's really where it's at. That's like a core part of, mm. of what I hope to do in business and with my message and all of that stuff. So I just love that you brought that up because I think if, if more people would think about how to speak to a group, but not make it feel feel like you're speaking to a group per se, there's a lot there. So I, I was excited to hear you bring that up. I think that's mm. an important way to open the conversation. That's a really good way of putting it. That, that, cause that's really what it is. We're, we're going to talk about, so first of all, we're going to, we're talking about a, a specific thing that you're going to use in your, in your email marketing. And in a second, I want, I want to just clear the air here about like, wait, you know, you need to work about, worry about 
email marketing. You need to, you need to have a little, at least a little project going there. Um, but what's so great about what you're saying, Steph, is that really is in a large part as an entrepreneur, that really is such a big part of finding your voice is finding the ability as an entrepreneur. And I'm, and when I say entrepreneur, I'm really talking about a digital entrepreneur, someone who's talking to an audience, not an individual, but then an audience is only made up of individuals, you know? And so the purchasing decision is always made by an individual. The decision to learn more is always made by an individual. The decision to be interested and, and actually curious about what's going on is always made by an individual, right? And I just find that online, it's really easy to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, bec- because you can, you can find trends that work. You can go like, hey, what did this person do? What did that person do? There's, they've got a successful thing going. Find out what worked and, and it will work. A lot of times it really will work, but it probably won't work for a long time uh, or not, not probably. There's a, there's a chance that it won't work for like five years from now. But, you know, whatever, you learned what you needed to learn for now. And eventually we all kind of learn this, this lesson, I think. Corbett, do you see it that way? Do you think it's a lesson that like every entrepreneur, uh, digital entrepreneur kind of learns how to do when we're talking about specifically these sort of online businesses or any business with an online arm where people are finding out about it and then being able to basically learn more in, in some digital way? Do you think there's this art to being able to speak to an entire group, make one blog post or one email, one piece of content, one piece of media, and have that actually reach um, thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals. Do you think, do you see it that way? Well, I mean, I think that applies to all businesses, whether it's online or digital or content based or not. That's the goal of marketing, right? Of really good marketing and, and communications is to be able to talk to a lot of people and yet resonate as if you're talking to one. Uh, and mm. that's not an easy thing to do, but when you learn how to do that, that's the key to unlocking, um, being able to lead a tribe or start a movement or sell a product or whatever action that you want someone to take. It all hinges on the ability to feel like you're speaking to one and, and to resonate with them. Yeah. And it's a big task, but there's a lot yeah. that comes from it. There's a lot of effectiveness that comes from it. Let me tell you about a story that I just, I just experienced. I was, um, speaking of dude wipes, I was in a moment where I was looking at my phone, which I, which I don't get a lot of those moments uh, all the time, but sometimes it's like the time in the day where you're just like, uh, decompressing and you just like, you know, you're just mindlessly scrolling through things, right? Well, I was mindlessly scrolling kind of through my email. Because I like to get through all the crap. I actually have a, a virtual assistant now that helps me. Basically, her her current like big job that she does almost every day for like a, just like a ten minutes a day or whatever is just to go through my email and delete the bull crap and respond to anything that it has an easy response and uh, and ba- and like basically just keep my inbox to the point where it's like everything in here requires your action. Yeah, you know what I mean? So when I search my, e- when I go through my email, like there's some interesting stuff in there. It's not all like, I'm not just constantly deleting crap from, from spam. Right. And so I land on one, this guy that I've been paying attention to for the last, I don't know, a couple years, maybe lightly. And it's, and I've definitely got, got more. I'm, I like watching this guy because I feel like he's doing a business at a level that I'm like, I'm learning something from just by watching him do it. Um, and we share some common interests. His name's Aubrey Marcus, 
and he's the CEO of Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. And, and like Joe Rogan was a part of starting that. Um, and uh, it's just become this massive business where they make all sorts of different products, all of them to facilitate what they call, I think, like uh, basically human potential like op- optimized human pot- potential or something like that. So like su- like natural uh, supplements that help you kind of navigate your energy levels through the day, um, your immune system, uh, workout equipment and things like that. A lot of, it's just a total, total bro-y company. I mean, it's just like utterly bro-y, feels and looks kind of CrossFit, though it isn't. Um, and Aubrey Marcus, the CEO, is a very bro-y dude. But listen, I'm no stranger to bros. I'm not a bro. I know there's a lot of bros listening to this going like, Hey, well, you got, you got a problem with the bros? No, I don't. Because, uh, actually I, I say I'm not a bro, but Corbett knows this about me that I'm probably just really just a bro at heart because my whole family are bros. And my brother who I love more than anything else, like he's a total bro. And he's just, he lived like, he's lived like the king of the bros life. Like all-star linebacker follows his his amazing community of friends through high school and college, and then to San Francisco where he's like this badass medical device salesman, and uh, and so I love I love the bros. I see I see the struggle of the bro, but this Aubrey Marcus guy's a little different because he has he's just gotten into a lot of of the esoteric and and the the sort of like that spiritual world that I that I like so much. So when he writes something, which he only does occasionally. I end up paying attention just because there's like, it's always written like this, exa- this example is, is a per- this is a perfect example of it. He wrote this thing and I forget what the subject line was, but it's just a, it's basically a journal entry. It's a journal entry about this thing he's going through with his, with his fiance and it's heavy and it's real and it like connects with me. And, and it's a, it's a real piece of information. And at the bottom of it, he just seamlessly works into it was so good that I actually like literally copied the email text, put it into a PDF and sent it out on Twitter with a link to, uh, to the sales page that I ended up linking to. Cause I was like, you guys, this is, this got me so good. There's something good in this. I think, cause at the end of the email, he, he seamlessly moves it towards this. Like, that's why I'm launching this thing, this six month sort of small, uh, group, like almost mastermind thing, uh, looking for other other people who want to live their life like this, right? And it got me, and I was very interested, and there's an application, so I went to the sales page. I applied to this thing. I haven't put any money towards it yet. I don't know if I will. I'll need to like have some serious, like, <laughs> like I need, I need to do more because it's a very expensive thing. It'd be like $10,000, right? But there's a part of that that's like really valuable to me and easily worth that kind of money. So the point being, the sale of this item, the purchasing price, right? $10,000 is huge, but that doesn't scare me away. Why? Because I connect with this entrepreneur's like this entrepreneur enough, this person enough to go. I, I wonder if I could get, if I, if it, I think it would be really valuable for me on this level or that level or that level to get this time in this program that he's doing. Um, all of that came from an email. And their email was totally worthless without the connection, okay? The connection is what made me read the email. And, and the connection might be the wrong word because for me, that's what I'm looking for. I only read emails about connection. I only do that, right? Because I don't have to do very much bullshit in my life. Like I, I'm weeding out all of the things that I don't care about slowly but surely, right? Uh, or just don't care that much about. Um, 
So for me personally, as an, as a consumer, I see that connection. I I'm attracted to this in some way. It gets me. And I think this is what the model of success looks like for a lot of us, not in a big way of a $10,000 product or something. This guy's done years and years and years of work to do this. He's got all the experience to be able to do it. What, what we do when we're selling fizzle, for example, though, is very, very similar. Would you say Corbett, do you want to maybe like, let's talk about what I'm, what I'm getting into is why should you take email so seriously? And I'm telling you right now, because I'm about to put $10,000 on the line because of an email, right? And that our entire business runs off of email interactions as a, as a, as a one large part. Steph's business as well. All of these entrepreneurs' businesses who are, who are actually getting traction, there is an email component to it. It's not the end all and be all, but there's an email component to it. So we need to take email seriously because it's a channel people are using and go one step further and don't ask what like specific things should I do in my email? Understand the nature of how any sale is made is going to be through some sort of, of connection and value. And like, there's something in this for me. There's something in this for me. That's what I mean. Instead of, instead of connection, it's really the idea of value. Um, Corbett, what are you hearing over there? What, like, where, like, just speak what, uh, what I missed in that. Speaketh what you myth, mythedeth. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, uh, there was a lot there, but I think the, the, the gist of it, um, for me with email, the question is, why, do, why should we take email seriously? And I think another question is, well, if as an entrepreneur, I take email seriously, why? What, what, what's in it for me as the business or as the business owner? Why would I spend a lot of time focusing on email? And, there are, there are a couple of answers to that. The, the first is that email is a, a potentially really strong channel. When you think about channels, marketing channels, um, which could include blogging, podcasting, you know, YouTube, social media, uh, posting flyers on telephone poles, there's all kinds of different ways you can go about trying to get someone's attention. The goal of any of those is to put yourself in front of people who are potential buyers so that you can uh, get them, as you said earlier, to know, like, and trust you so that uh, when the time comes for you to ask for something or to sell something, those people are hopefully uh, ready and willing to buy that thing or to take whatever action it is that you're, you're hoping for. And um, email can get results sometimes like no other channel, you know, try, try to sell something on Twitter. I dare you like, just see how that works out for you or for, for yeah. most of you, you know, and, and some people can do it on Instagram, depending on the following that they built up. But for most of us, most of us who don't have that, you know, million person following on Instagram, we rely on growing a small but dedicated email list. And then, you know, when it comes time to, to pitch something, we have a group of people there because the worst thing in the world is, um, you know, coming up with a product to sell and then not selling anything because you didn't have a way to reach people. So that's why we do email. But then the, the next question is, and I think the one that we're getting at on this, um, with what Steph is going to present is, well, how do you do that? You know, okay, we, let's say we focus on getting people on our email list and we figure out a way to do that. Well, how do we, nurture and um, engage and 
continue to foster that trust process so that the people know who we are, they understand why we're worth following, and they listen and they open our emails so that they're there when it comes time for us to to need them. Such a big deal to to have an email that works. And I think it was so big when you said, like, I dare you to go try to sell something on Twitter. I dare you to try to sell something on Twitter. Now, I'm not talking to all the businesses out there. I know that like someone who I follow passionately, if they have something to sell and they put it on Twitter and that's where I find out about it, like that's just as good as anywhere else to find out about it because I have a passionate connection with them. Or I, I, I think there's something really valuable in what they're talking about for me, right? For me. So, uh, even more so in email, this is really a step. And honestly, I feel like sometimes when we're talking about email, we're kind of talking about a particular demographic. Like, I, I wonder how many, like what the age, I wish we could look at like just the statistics of the ages of people who use email, right? And you can make this, like someone who's 35 is still using email. Someone who's 18 might not be using email very much at all, though it is, it is one of those essential things in their life. Maybe that 18 or 16 year old will eventually be using email because there's just a, there's a, there's a level of digital communication that a network, a responsible person needs to have. And, and you, like, if your boss tweets out, like, Hey, make sure you guys are all at work at 10 tomorrow, you're not going to see the tweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if the boss sends an email, like, you're going to see the email. Right. So email is this thing that like, because it's related so much to so many people's jobs, there's a, there's a kind of, you can't just totally, you know, disregard it, even though so much of what's in your inbox is disregardable. Right. It's this weird conundrum that email has this kind of schizophrenia, but I want to switch gears now and talk about, we know that email is an important thing that, that we need to use. We know that Corbett's broken it down like what's in it for the entrepreneur? Why would someone focus on email stuff? Well, because it, it, it gets results and because it plays this necessary part in, in getting people to like getting into that know, like, and trust with people because it connects you guys over time and it gives you time to develop and nourish a relationship. Now, a podcast does this also, by the way. I mean, we're literally just sharing, like, we don't, this isn't scripted what we're doing right now. And it's never been scripted on the Fizzle Show. We're in conversation. We have some notes. We've got things to share. And if some of you have been listening for a really long time, it's more than just because you like getting the tips. I mean, you do like getting the tips and tricks, but it's also like, it's sort of relational. You, you like the way Steph thinks about things or the way that Corbett knows or experienced certain things or something like that. I do the same thing with the podcasts I listen to. So email isn't the only way of doing this, but it's a really powerful way online right now. Okay. Now there's this moment, like I said, in the introduction where someone is actually interested in you. Someone's just about to give you just the tiniest bit of energy. They've like, yeah, they've, it's easy to read a blog post or listen to a podcast or something like that. But they're, 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 they're making some decision to do this email thing. They're, this is their first payment that they make to you because to, you know, that to give out your email to anybody in exchange for an ebook or to get your five bullet points every Friday or to get your like whatever five video training series on how really to use toilet paper in a way that you don't need any of those dude wipes or something like that, which is a, a course I'm currently working on. Um, when they get, when they're, when they give you the email, that is their first actual payment to you. 
right? So this is the first time they're really putting their butt on the line and being vulnerable in any way with you. Even though you only have access to their inbox, and a lot of people are like, they don't really mind. They just like, just do it. Just give me the email, right? But those kind of people don't pay attention to their email very much, maybe, but simply by nature of the fact that there's so many emails in there or something, right? But let's say you've got someone who's, who's an ideal target customer for you, and they've listened to your podcast, or they've watched a YouTube video, or they've read a blog post, or saw uh, someone share your thing, and then saw you get involved in the comments on that Facebook thread of some kind, Right? Let's say this person then reads your blog and, and this article or something and goes like, damn, this is pretty good. Like there's, this is like, I went, what's this person about? Like, what are they about? They'll go to the about page, check this out. What's your story? Like what's in the, what's, what's about this. And if you, uh, if you're a fizzle member and if you take the, the essentials of web design course, or if you take the web design tune up course, or if you take the, like, like any of the early days courses in, in the roadmap, you'll know about the importance of a page like the about page or the start here page, and you'll know what needs to be on there, and you'll know what you need to optimize that for, right? And then because you've done that, they have this 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 actual moment where they go, oh, I, I kind of want that, but do I want to give my email to get that? Okay? In some ways. Now, this is the moment that we're at. They, for the very first time, are paying you this tiny bit of currency, that this digital currency. It's like the original Bitcoin, because <laughs> it's attention. It's a signal of, intention, of attention almost. And now they're subscribed to your email list, right? And they get this, maybe a PDF or the five video email series or something like that. Or maybe you just said, I'm sending you know emails every week. Uh, with five bullets. I think Tim Ferriss does something like that. Five things you should, you should know about every week. Um, there's a lot of different ways you could structure that. Or they're just saying, I want email updates when you put in, when you make new content, right? That's very common. It's not a very, it's not a very compelling ask. You have to really have a, con- a, a connection with them through your content in order to do that, but that's possible. Steph, you were in this situation exactly a, 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 a handful of months or a year ago or something like that with courage and clarity. And you noticed something that, that felt off to you. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, I do. Well, yeah. Tell, tell us about it. Yeah. It's really interesting because as you're talking, what's going through my mind, I'm, what's flashing through my mind are all of the things that we're inundated with as newer entrepreneurs, what I would call like email list 101. You hear two main messages. You hear you need to collect people's email addresses and people tell you the best way to do that is to create some kind of compelling free offer. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is be in touch with them ideally once a week to share your content, to build trust, all that good stuff. You ever notice that? It's like these two lessons. But what I've noticed that's fascinating is there's nothing in between those two things. It's like, you, you pull them in using some compelling free, off, free offer, and then you're supposed to be in touch with them on a regular basis to stay top of mind. And so I was doing exactly that, just like many of you out there probably. And of course, I had heard of you know advanced email sequences and things like that, where you send out a, I don't know, three, five, seven email series to really onboard and orient people to what you're doing. But to be honest, I felt like that was a pretty sophisticated thing. I was like really just getting courage and clarity off the ground. Um, The 15 minute planner method is the way that I get people onto my email list. As I've talked about in the past on this show, it, it got off to a really great start. And 
I started pulling in a lot of people. And so I had always had aspirations of creating a sequence, as I know a lot of you listening um, also have that, have that aspiration because I hear it all the time in our forums and on Facebook and all that good stuff. And the problem is it's it's complicated. And you think to yourself, well, I don't have time for that. Like it, I remember like I'm just looking back and thinking to myself, I wanted to do it. I wanted to have something that would like tag people a certain way or put them in different funnels and, and all that exciting stuff. But you know, I had products I wanted to launch or podcasts I wanted to record. So my list just kind of sat there with those two main things happening, pulling people in with the lead magnet. And then I would email people about the podcast. And it was like that for the longest time. Mm. And um, I realized, like I started to get email replies. So I would email people on Mondays and be like, hey, new episode of the podcast. Here's what it's about. Go check it out. Hope you like it. And I started to get some, first of all, I noticed I had like pretty decent unsubscribe numbers, which nobody likes. Of course, you like work so hard to get them on your list. It's like a punch in the gut when people are unsubscribing. So I'm looking at that. And then I started receiving a few emails where people were like, hey, who are you? How'd you get my email? (laughs) And I thought to myself, I took a step back and I was like, oh, if I put myself in the shoes of the person receiving this email, this doesn't make any sense. Like they downloaded the 15 minute planner method. They wanted it in that moment. They were maybe scrolling their phone. It looked interesting, whatever. We're all so busy. How many times have you put your email in to get something and then you download it and you move on to the next thing? You don't remember the person's name or what they do or what podcast they have. You're just trying to get the information. So once I realized that, it became so obvious to me how deep this this divide was, this gap between being new to my email list and um, receiving weekly emails. Just didn't make a lot of sense. I hadn't welcomed people. And that doesn't, if you know anything about me and my brand and what I'm trying to build, that's like opposite of, of me. I'm someone who's pretty nurturing, warm, welcoming, friendly, like outgoing. So it didn't make any sense that I wasn't welcoming people. So I remember when I, I remember exactly where I was when I made this realization, I was working in a coffee shop on that afternoon and I was like, man, I need a, I need a welcome sequence. And then I was like, you know what? Forget that. I just need one email. I was like, I don't have time, but I also don't have time to procrastinate this anymore. So I was like, all right, if I could just bang this out in an hour, what one email could I set up so that it goes out automatically? It's triggered by someone, um, downloading the 15-minute planner method. It goes out the very next day. And I started to think of this as what I started calling a bridge email. So it's like quite literally, it's a bridge between first contact with me receiving the 15-minute planner method to being on my list where you get that weekly email and any other broadcasts that I send whenever I feel like it. But this email goes out the day after you receive your guide. And the, the point of it is to really introduce myself. And and beyond that, like who cares about me? Because it's really more about the people who are being welcomed into my world. I want them to get what they need. And so I send them this email that essentially says, Hey, if you like the 15 minute planner method, like how's, how's it going with the 15 minute planner method? I hope that you love it so far. Um, if you like it, you're going to love the courage and clarity podcast. Here are a few different episodes that you will love. They are my most listened to episodes. I even have like different kind of like chunks in terms of if you're looking for like, here are my fan favorites and I have like five links. Um, Here are five episodes you should listen to if you want to get inspired and then five links. And then here's uh, what you should listen to if you want some tactics and then a few more links. Then I tell people where to come hang out with me. My favorite place to hang out is on Facebook in my free community. And um, then I just tell people, hey, you're going to be getting an email from me every Monday. That's when the podcast goes out. 
Um, I can't wait to get to know you better and hit reply if you want to tell me what you're building. And that has made a huge difference. I actually get a lot of replies to that email. And I just feel like people actually know who the heck I am, what Courage and Clarity is when the next email goes out that is promoting the next podcast episode. And I've also definitely seen an increase in membership in my free Facebook community because I'm promoting it in that welcome email, that bridge email. So it's just kind of like, I don't know if it's like a little hack or just a little quick thing that anybody can do. If you have been putting off a welcome sequence like I have, or you don't even know what that is and you don't want to fuss with it, um, to be totally transparent, this is still all I have. <laughs> and my business is like pretty far along. I, I still plan to have a more sophisticated system eventually, but it's like kind of not broke. So I haven't fixed it. It's been working great for me. I've oriented, I was just looking at my stats. I've had like 1300 people go through this and it's worked really well. So it's just a way to feel as though I'm, I'm, I'm bridging that gap between that first contact that we talked about with, with getting people into your world and then really making them feel like they've, that they want to stick around essentially. Mm, okay. So you were, you saw this disconnect in, and I love the way you put that the two lessons of, of, of email marketing are typically always like, you know, what was it? What was the first one you said? It was uh be wait, no, that was lesson two. have one. One is have a compelling offer right? Have yeah. a compelling offer. You guys, by the way, that is a really serious piece of advice and mm-hmm. one that Corbett goes into deeply in the how to grow your email list to 10,000 uh, subscribers and beyond. Very, very, very important lesson to learn and it's right in that course. Again, if you're not a Fizzle member already, you can get five weeks for free and just try it out and you could take that whole course and several others. Just go to fizzle.co slash try five. Of course, I'm hoping you love the content and the community so much that you're like, why would I not be a part of this for $35 a month? In fact, let's save the cost of a handful of months and pay for the whole year. But that's neither here nor there. First of all, just fizzle.co slash try five. See if you like that email course, right? So you, you got this compelling offer. And then the second thing is be with them in email once a week. And then what you did, because like the last thing an entrepreneur needs is just another thing to like spin up, right? So is your email that goes out broadcast to your email subscribers every week, is that automatically generated by your Squarespace website when you update a new, when you create a new post? No, it's not. I, I, but I do make it pretty easy on myself. I typically, it's very much tied to the podcast. So I'll take like, let's say I'm doing an episode. My, my most recent episode at the time of this recording is like the three, the, the ways are the best ways to go get your first three clients. I might take like my favorite tip from that episode and write a quick email about it. Cause I, I, I kind of do want to write that, that personal email. So that is very much a manual right. broadcast, at least how I do it. Okay. Okay, got it. So we've got this manual broadcast that goes out every week. That's basically your way of alerting the email list that there's a new podcast episode and it's worth your time, which is actually a brilliant idea because you kind of, I'm always expecting people just to listen to the podcast because they love the podcast. So the truth is they need that little nudge to remind themselves why the podcast is good and a little bit of see, of, of like picking up a frequency from you that like, oh yeah, this is good, dude. There's a good, you guys are going to love this conversation, you know? So that's really smart. That email goes out every week to everyone on the list, right? And so you notice that someone signs up, they get the the downloadable of the 15 uh, minute, the clarity planner thing. And then, like how I just brutalized them. <laughs> Sorry. What, what's the name of it? What's the name 15 of it minute, Come on. The 15 minute planner method. Dude. 
I'm so sorry. I literally like made, I literally like, like, like went through all those, those pages and designed them and, and everything for a fizzle version of it as well. And I, and I use that thing, that 15 minute planner. We just got to say again, is so good guys go to clergyandclarity.com and get the 15 minute planner. So anyways, they get the thing and then all of a sudden they're just all, they're right away just getting these emails like they are up as you send them live, like they're just like they've been a part of the community forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is kind of cool in some ways, but you recognize that there was a, there was a disconnect there that you didn't have this, like this moment with them of like, Hey, glad you're here. What are you looking for? Here's some things that a lot of people find helpful. Here's how we connect on the community at the Facebook group. And here's, uh, here, it, like, tell me what you're working on if you get a chance. Right. So that mm-hmm. is what you called a bridge email. What I think this is like, I think we're literally coining this term right now. I think we're literally like coining the term. I'm, I'm sure someone's used something like it before. Cause what I've always heard of instead of bridge emails is what's called a welcome sequence. Okay. Now they're, they do exactly the same thing. They do exactly the same thing, but just for like, they have some businesses need a sequence of a few emails or several emails and some like yours, Steph, the whole point of courage and clarity is come on, come with me, get involved. This is happening right now. Get like, get with us. We're literally figuring things out as we go. Right. So because it has that, that real audience focus thing, that's what feels attractive to me about courage and clarity. You know, there's all these, there's all these insights and, and, and pieces of like, of technology and lessons learned that I could get into, uh, in any of your podcast episodes. But really, in a lot of ways, writing you every single week, like as you're publishing things, it, there's an energy in it because you're bringing energy mm-hmm. to your life. And I think in some ways, it's like, I'm kind of surfing that. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that feels like, like, a different kind of business in some ways than Corbett. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how we did the same exact thing, but we didn't use just one email. We created this welcome series that was created around identifying what people, you know, trying to catch people where they are and build that no like, and trust thing. So Corbett in your mind, like how do you see the welcome sequence, maybe the same as a bridge email and how do you see it different? Well, you know, as a, as a business evolves and, and you produce more and more resources and content and just valuable things that you want to give people, it becomes logical that the most valuable things you want to provide people probably aren't coming out every week in your podcast or your blog. You're, you're producing great stuff every week, but you can look back over the past couple of years, you know, or Steph, now you have like, a hundred plus episodes of your podcast, you can look back over those and you can identify several that are really good. And and you mentioned that in your bridge email, you send links to like some of your best stuff. And mm-hmm. that's a great, that's a great first step. But uh, then, you know, the next week you go right into just putting people on your regular list and sending them whatever is coming out that week. And that may not be the ideal experience for someone because you want to, you know, again, um, give, put your best foot forward, give people the most value you possibly can. And, uh, you know, just convince them that paying attention to you is going to be worth it in the long run. So this is really important early on. 
And it's a great first step to, to provide that bridge email. But if you want to go further, then instead of just sending everything, uh, as it comes out, you would put people into what's known as an, as an automation sequence. And this isn't hard to do in, uh, email systems like MailChimp or ConvertKit or Drip or whatever you use. And I think people sometimes are a little intimidated by this. Um, by the technology and then also by, well, what do I send? Right. So on the technology mm. front, it's just something known as an automation sequence. And, um, basically you just layer in several emails and tell the system, uh, how long to delay between each one. So for example, you might set up a sequence that lasts just a few emails and they go out once a week. And in those emails, you could do something as simple as, just send people the things that you already know provide a lot of value because you published them a year ago and you got tons of feedback, tons of shares. People told you how amazing this thing was. Well, you don't want that just to be buried somewhere. You might as well send that to the people who are signing up on your list now. So that's mm. another simple way to extend this bridge email into more of a welcome sequence, which is just to send people the best things that you have because your job is, you know, not only to demonstrate your value, but also to think about where these people are when they're joining your list and what sort of transformation you want them to go through. And those things that you've produced, the podcasts, the blog posts, the YouTube videos, whatever they are, um, in the past, the best ones that you've done, you could probably string them together into some sort of a short sequence that logically kind of walks people through an overview of that kind of transformation that following you mm -hmm. could lead to over time. Oh, man. And I don't know if you listeners are catching it in what Corbett was just talking about, but one of the things he said in there was absolutely fundamental and it will change your entire life around business if you can get it. I learned it while um, while studying speaking a bit, just like uh, just like public speaking. I've done a lot of public speaking, and uh, and I've always had an interest in storytelling and and things like that. And one day, my friend Mike Pacione, who's who works for a, an agency called Duarte, and they're the ones who help. Like they helped Steve Jobs put together some of their some of his presentations. They helped massive. They helped. They helped. What's his name? Put Al Gore put together the Inconvenient Truth, right? They help people get their message across in a compelling way, specifically when someone's standing on stage using visuals and communicating an idea. And what they understand about communication is if you look at it this way, you can understand, you can, you'll, you can find a way through it. The way to look at it is what transformation you want a person to go through. And a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, they say that they, they basically, the only thing they can come up with was, is the transformation I want someone to go through is, is right now they're not buying my stuff. And then I want them to be transformed and be, be buying my stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. The transformation is they're giving me money. And it's like, sorry, pal, that is not what the economy is actually built on. That is not, you can think about that all day long and that's fine. You can be a trader and you can get like, I don't mean traitor, trader. Like you, you're literally just like, you're using what's working to, to keep things going like a Han Solo type character. Right. And I like that. These people are badasses. There's a way to do that with some serious class. But for me, it's always been a little more of the, like, if, if you can actually want a real transformation for someone, 
if you can actually feel for where someone's really stuck and you know that they don't actually need to be stuck there, that they're kind of keeping themselves stuck there because you've done the same exact thing in your life, right? From that place, like I heard someone say, from the place of your biggest struggle, the thing you have struggled with the most and that has cost you the most to learn, ding, 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 ding. That is the thing that you're here that like that you build your platform on. That is the thing that you do your service around. That is where you do work in the world. You don't have to get paid for it, but that is the thing that's going to give you the most joy and the most sort of like the most, I don't know, invigoration to be pursuing at least with some of your energy. So when Corbett says there is, is listen, they get on the email list. This is actually just one point, an important point, but just one point in this ongoing uh, uh, series of interactions that you're going to have with this person. Over the course of those interactions, they're going to hopefully, if you do your job well, and if they're the right kind of person for you, they're going to know, like, and trust you more, more, and more because of only one thing that's going on. You're helping them facilitate a transformation that they deep, deep down know they want to, to be transformed by or transformed into. Right. So if you can identify what you want to transform someone about or uh, around, right? So let me take the example of Fizzle. In Fizzle, really our business objective is to get you uh, hooked, you know, on our courses and our community, our weekly group calls, uh, our podcast every week, the kind of people that you interact with in the forums, right? We want to get you hooked on that because we think if we get you hooked on that, first of all, you're going to have your life changed because you're going to be taking your business seriously and that's something that you want. And second of all, we get to stay in business, right? We can keep building this and making it as, as good as it possibly can be so we can get the most possible people in there, getting the most possible, making their businesses actually happen, getting through that fear thing. That fear thing is the transformation we, we are helping people with. But it's a big, 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 big process. Tony Robbins doing the same thing is a very different, very different thing. We're going more specific on, on like how to actually turn it into, into making a business. But a lot of the times these entrepreneurs have to go through a lot of the same kind of deep down stuff to find out what it actually, they can actually work on that isn't going to burn them out. So where, where, where this is all coming for me or landing here is for us, we realized we have a long sequence of getting someone to know, like, and trust us because we have a big ask from them, right? We have, we want, we want you to sign up for fizzle and we know that you're afraid you might like it and actually have to start paying for it. And that, that you might actually just be someone who's a part of an online community instead of someone that like has bunches of entrepreneurs that are badasses like in their life right now. And that might feel like a little bit of a failure to you. It doesn't have to be. Watch. Let me show you how, how much life you can get from this community online. Right. So we have this ask that is a little bit scary, but it's also the price is not very high. There's a free trial. You can try things out. Um, we need to bring that ask out at the right time in our relationship building with you. That's why we opted for a, a sequence of emails. The, if you look at the, the whole sequence of these emails, Corbett, how, how many are there right now? Do you know? You know, it, it changes because we, um, we modify it and try new things and, yeah. uh, and are constantly A-B testing. So we've had uh, in the past sequences as long as 20-something emails. More recently, it was like nine. Um, right now, I think we're at four, but you know, mm. it, it, it will change again in the future. 
And I think it's very interesting the fact, cause, cause guess what? We went from 20 to nine to four as we're optimizing, right? And so just like it, it, it's getting shorter and shorter, shorter, right? So there's, it's like kind of identifying what are those main things that we really need to, to like, like that someone's pretty much already thinking about and already concerned about and that you have a real solid answer to, right? And this is speaking to all you guys listening out there. Like, what what are the things that your your customer really has already already as a concern and that you have an answer to right that you have that you know you have a response to that is helpful that is valuable that will be contributing to their transformation right those are where that's where you get the inspiration for what's on your email like your welcome sequence or your bridge email because the welcome sequence acts even if it's 10 emails or 20 or 3 it's the whole thing at, is the bridge Right. So whether it's one or 20, it's a bridge into now you're a part of what's going on regularly here at Fizzle or at Courage and Clarity or at whatever your business is. Right. So there is something special about the fact that all the, these two examples we've talked about, Courage and Clarity and Fizzle, both have ongoing content that we're making all the time and ongoing emails that we're sending out all the time. Right. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's what makes so much sense about the term of a bridge email or a bridge sequence is it's getting someone prepped up. It's also for those companies who have a, uh, an actual thing to sell, like this is the best possible time to pitch that sale, but in a way that doesn't, doesn't, it won't make them so resistant or, or, or <clears throat> isolated or somehow, um, objectified that they don't come with you to the next step, which is just being along for the ride. Because you're going to constantly be pitching your product. We're constantly pitching Fizzle membership. And we have a special thing inside of the Fizzle show where it's like literally we don't market it anywhere else but here. The only people who have ever signed up through the fizzle.co slash try five link are all people that have come from the podcast because we it's only for podcast listeners. It's like a very special thing just for podcast listeners. And that allows us to talk about it occasionally because we know it's kind of a special thing. We're giving you a little bit something there, right? So you, you're going to be constantly talking about your pitch for your product or your group coaching or your whatever it is that you're doing. And so in this welcome sequence to be able to make that pitch because someone might be ready right there. And honestly, making that pitch is an honest thing when you're telling someone like, this is what we're about. Like we've got a real thing. So there's all this balance and people are really afraid of that. I think, you know, as I'm talking about, I'm realizing, yeah, I'm afraid. I've been afraid of, of like getting to the line to actually make the pitch. But man, if you can get over that fear and go like, no, what I have is valuable for what you're trying to do. You may not want it right now. may not be right for you right now. may never be right for you, but it's right for a lot of people. I know that because I got the, I got the case studies that'll prove it, you know? That, that's the, that's kind of the perspective you want to write this bridge email or this welcome sequence, um, from, because you're basically welcoming someone in and it might take them, you're looking at them kind of sideways, just going like, yeah, it might, might take you two years to get into this, or it might take you two days to be ready to like sign up for the, the thousand dollar mastermind or the, or the $35 a month thing or whatever it is. Right. But you're not writing them off. You're not writing them off because you know that what they're doing matters, that what they're trying to build matters. What they're trying to transform in themselves is challenging. You know it's challenging because you face the same shit, right? Pardon my French. But that is, that's where a lot of power comes from for entrepreneurship when we're, when we're writing content and stuff. I don't know. I've been talking for a long time. Steph, and like, what are you hearing? What do people need to hear about this that we haven't already said? 
Well, I'm sure we've brought up a lot of ideas and a lot for people out there to think about. I think what I would offer, just in case we haven't been 100% clear about this, is I actually see the methods that we covered as a progression. So the bridge email, the the way that I laid it out, is very much the the first step. So I plan to build something more sophisticated that um, does, you know, build more trust and that does educate people better and teach them something valuable. And yes, even pitch something ultimately. Um, But if you're listening to this and you're anything like me, where like, that's where you've always wanted to go. But like, remember I was sitting in the coffee shop being like, oh, I don't have that. I don't know what it should be. And I got so fed up with that that I was like, I'm just going to write one email. (laughs) So if you're listening to this and you're not sure like what yours should be, I challenge you to just start with one. Like you said, Chase, it can be really intimidating and really scary. This is one of those things in business building that's like, yeah, you got to put your butt on the line and ask somebody to buy something. Like it's very intimidating when you're just starting. So like we always say Mm -hmm. around here, that next best step for you might just be writing one email. Like try the first email. Try to just provide them with some value in one email that welcomes them and invites them to start a conversation with you. And then let that let that marinate for a little while and then come back around to something more sophisticated later. But I just look back on how much time I let go by where I had nothing greeting people because I thought it had to be something really robust. And the good news is you don't have to start with that. You can build towards it as your business grows and as you, you know, free yourself up to kind of brainstorm what that should be. So I think mm. this is one of those topics where it does it's not immediately clear. It certainly was not immediately clear to me that you can kind of step yourself into it. You don't have to go from having nothing to having some crazy awesome sequence. So start with one email and and then, you know, you can build up to something that fits your audience and fits your brand more and more as time goes on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And Corbett, what do you what do you have to say in or any not what do you have what do you have to say for yourself? But like what <laughs> what do you think like I like this I like this idea that Steph has of of like by the way that the the framework of that like the wording on that and the next best step is that something that you learned mm-hmm. somewhere? Is that like cuz that might be just like a little secret. That's like my thing now. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> That's good. Thanks. Because you know what? Because everybody can say, everybody knows how to do the next step. Well, what's the next step? But adding the best in there, what is the next best step? Yeah. That like, that adds a, a piece of the seasoning that's that's kind of essential, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's fascinating. I like that. So, Corbett, what what do you think? Um, uh, I don't know. What what needs to be said that, that hasn't already been said? What what do you what are you thinking on right now? Well, you know, okay, first of all, I, I think that like we talk about the minimum viable product, you can apply that minimum viable whatever mm-hmm. concept to a lot of things. Yeah. And it makes sense that you should apply that to your email sequence. Uh, a lot of us get caught up in that perfectionist thing and we think, oh my God, I'm going to write this perfect uh, 20 email sequence. And then you start writing those and you just realize what a chore it is to write that many emails and you never get it done. So just start simply because you might get a lot of benefits just from one simply written really valuable bridge email and that's a great way to kind of dip your toe in the the water of you know giving people more value than they're getting by just getting on your your blog or podcast feed word word 
Corbett, Steph, thanks so much for this conversation. This has been great. This was episode 287 of The Fizzle Show. You guys, how good was that? Right? Wasn't that fun? I don't know. I think so. Reach out on Fizzle uh, Podcasts, uh, podcast Twitter. Reach out on Twitter. Say what's up. Say hi on all the socials or something like that. Or just, you know, send us an email at guys at fizzle.co and let us know. If you want to find show notes uh, for this, we're going to have a link off to anything that we mentioned and we're going to have some notes on the show. You can go to fizzleshow.co slash 287. All right? This is 287. And that is it for this week. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.